We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks, what's good? We are back. Uh, another episode, Ain't No Seats. We, uh, we're going we're gonna to recap that Texas game, which was obviously just one of the all-time brutal, uh, just one of those losses that hurts. But before we get into it, we've got some exciting news, a, a change for the podcast. We, uh, as you'll see, things look a little different with us. We have joined the Kansas City Sports Network, KCSN. Um, they are a new network, and we'll be up on YouTube now. We'll be doing a lot of, hopefully, just an overall better product. Um, you know, we've always been kind of just three hacks running this show, and now we've got people that actually know what they're doing to help us out a little bit. So we're excited about that. Um, and, yeah, boys, let's talk Texas. Um, what if I told you? Kansas was going to win the Big 12 if a seven-foot center that was 0-5 from three with balls that could break a backboard all game. What if I told you if he just misses a three that he fired at the backboard, we are going to win the Big 12, and instead we lose the game. B-turn, how hard should we be melting down right now? Um, it's just so frustrating because I don't – like when he shot that ball, you're just – you think you're – I mean, you obviously think you're winning the game, and I've never seen a guy so confidently pulling threes in that type <laughs> of a game. Like when he, I'm not kidding, when he shot that three late, what went through my head was, I'm so glad this dude was going off in the first half because he's confidently pulling. Like, or maybe it was the possession before because he shot an absolute laser at the backboard. And <laughs> it's just so frustrating because if we've seen, I mean, we've been doing the pod for a few years now and we've had, late losses where it feels like we played pretty well. And we kind of talk about on here, like the thought process from the fans would be completely different. You know, like if yeah. we win the game, everyone's like, Oh, guaranteed to be a one seed 12s over. Like it's just, and now we're probably, I mean, I haven't been on Twitter much since we lost, but I feel like our fans are definitely going to be melting down a little bit. But like you said, the game was over. Felt like it was over when that ball left his hand. I mean, you're up four, you get a rebound. Texas might have played it out there for 30 seconds, but you're up four with the ball. You get a bucket there, or they end up fouling, and obviously yeah. the game's over. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, and I don't know, A.B., I feel like you're sometimes a little more level-headed than me and B-turn when it comes to a loss. I feel like I'm mad we lost because of the way we lost. Like, we had that game wrapped up, but, like, you can't, you can't be mad at – the way we played really i mean we tried so hard dave was good we got good dave dave was under control he was composed he was battling i mean jalen played so hard everyone played hard so it's like one of those games where you're just really frustrated because they we deserved the win and we just we didn't it's rare you see a bill self team not make plays when it matters late we just didn't uh but like i don't know ab as a level-headed one, do you kind of feel like we? This is just an, this is a pretty acceptable loss, right? There's no need to really melt down about it. Yeah, I mean, well, we like say it every year. We kind of expect three or four road losses, and this yeah. was our second. So, I mean, so rating on the road is tough, especially in this conference. So, I guess big picture, like, does it really change anything? But like, you've, yeah. you've I think you texted us like five times and tweeted it too. It was a battle tonight. Like both teams, whoever <laughs> lost, could have gone out there and said, "Yeah, we probably should have won that game or could have won that game." 
it just yeah. sucks the way it ended because it looked like Big Dave when he gets too confident and starts shooting 18 footers yeah. from the top of the key, and that guy just happens to hit that one. I mean, come on. I mean, can we talk about Chris Beard allowing that to be the play they come out of a timeout with on the biggest offensive? I know it worked, but like the dude's 0 for 5, and like I'm not kidding when I say he's launching lasers at the backboard. Like, I don't know. B turn, do you know at all? Is that guy a good shooter? Like, was he just off tonight, or does he launch those all day? I don't watch enough Texas to be familiar with that guy. It sounded like he was having his best game of the year, but that's just crazy that that's the play Beard draws up there. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure if he is a good shooter or not. I didn't look up his numbers, but yeah, he like I said earlier, I felt blessed that he went off in the first half because I looked at the box <laughs> score. I think he had 12, uh, 12 points in the first half, and then yeah, he's just chucking he up was- threes late in the game, and it just felt like there were so many times where we could have pulled away, like maybe not like pulled away, but just went up a couple possessions. Like I think the most we went up was probably four, and then you get CB to the line for two. Misses both oh. somehow, and like they showed the graphic on the screen that he was 82%, I think, from the line in the year. And then we fouled them, they missed the one and one, and then Dave gets fouled, misses the one and one. So it's like, I think if CB just makes one and Dave makes the front end, and just like late Dave had a rebound up high, like he, he was aggressive, wouldn't got the rebound, they got a jump ball. It's just like so many plays where I felt like we were going to pull away. And like you said, they were active on the boards. Like, I thought Jalen and Dave were awesome on the boards, and then Oach wasn't amazing tonight, but the stick back he had late, I felt confident after that too because that was right before he hit the three and he had just bricked one. And like he, like you said, he really wasn't close to making a three the entire night. And when that leaves his hands, you can tell it's long. Every time he shot, it was like, good, that's turnover. Ball, get the rebound, let's go score. Like you never thought that guy was hitting a shot. I don't. Like, that's why I'm, like, so confused. Maybe Beard's – maybe that wasn't the play. Maybe he was supposed to just get the ball and swing it. But, I mean, that guy shot that. Like, Chris Beard pulled him in the huddle and was like, this is your time. Make this shot. It was just such an absurd shot. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean – He's a 34% three-point shooter of his career. Like, so, I mean, he's not horrible. He's probably due to make one at that point. But, does he shoot I mean, like, Christ, the way it went in, like – Come on. That means he's a better shooter than Christian Brown percentage-wise. Oh, brother. Which is gross in its own way. I, I don't understand why CB's not shooting better. But anyways. Yeah. All right. Um, and the turnovers are just a hu- obviously a huge issue to the game. And, I mean, obvi- uh, to end both halves, it's just terrible. Like, looking at the numbers, 28 for 48 from the floor on the road. <laughs> like, that's unbelievable. No one in the country is doing that, not even at home. Like, And I think I just tweeted it was – 16 for 25 from the field in the second half. So it's like you shoot 58% from the floor in the entire game and you somehow lose. Like Texas got up 19 more shots than us because we turned yeah. it over 15 freaking times. And it's like in the first half and almost, I don't know, it kind of, I don't know how you guys felt. It kind of felt like we were blessed to be tied with a minute to go and Jalen get the ball, bringing it up. Like I think there's 50 seconds left. You get a shot up there. It's probably going to be Texas ball with thir- with one shot, but then you turn yeah. it over they score, and then you go down, turn it over again. Bobby, I don't know. I'm, I mean, we love Bobby. We think he's going to be great. But Bobby's in, dribbles it away. Marcus Carr, I knew he was going to make that three. Oh, yeah. it. First three of the half. So it's like you turn it over twice, give them five points. Like Villa said, they had 17 points off turnovers in the first half. Like that is so annoying. I mean, you like, could they really not look. Have had 40 points. You can look at that last 35 seconds of the half. We have, like you said, we're blessed to be in that spot. We got a bad whistle in the first half. I think we got a fairly bad whistle the whole game, but that I mean that's that's life in the Big 12 on the road. We we get the benefit quite a bit. But like after the whistle we got in the first half to be like you said tied and then Jalen just throws it off to Juan's back while he's not looking and then so you can almost look at that as an 8 point swing. I worst case scenario. Imagine we run a play, Oach hits a 3, we're up 3. And instead, like you said, it was just so obvious that Marcus Carr was coming down to drain that three after. I don't get it. Why was Pettiford in the game? The guy hasn't played in two games. And, I mean, A.B., do you think that is – I saw people saying, and I'm probably right, it was strictly to not have Joe Yesifu or – like Bill was obviously just playing the let's play one minute without our guy or 30 seconds without our guys – Let's survive it and stay out of foul trouble. But, like, I feel like you got to roll with Yesifu there. I don't know. It was weird. 
you just have to. There's been some questionable lineup decisions by old Billy lately, I feel like. But, but I, I mean, I can't remember who tweeted it, and I can't remember the exact scenario, but someone said there were two or three different times in the first half where Bill tried to sneak a minute with, like, a, a B squad pretty much, and both times it blew up in the face. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to throw heat at Bill. He's the GOAT, but at the end of the day, you probably shouldn't have your 10th player in the rotation, 11th when Remy's healthy, like – why is he in the yeah. game in a meaningful moment on the road? Yeah. Look, I think Pettiford is going to be a star one day, I hope. But uh, he is now, what was the tweet? He has seven turnovers and four shot attempts the last, like, uh, in conference play, maybe. I can't remember what the tweet was, but just, like, insane. Not even yeah, close and- to being what we – it's just not even close to someone that should be in the game in, in in this type of a game. I don't know. No, it's like it feels like maybe he would be in if we had like a nice little comfy lead there at the first half. Because I feel like, I mean, maybe Mister Obvious, but it's like in the halves are monstrous. Like you hear, you hear announcers like they need to get a few stops here and go on a run, get this down to maybe like five before the half. Like it's just a lot of momentum for Texas too. I feel like, and those are the only seconds Bobby played. I think the entire game. Maybe I'm wrong. But- <laughs> It was. And, I, That's why saw, it was so and it's like, it's not like Bobby's been playing well lately. Like he, everyone knows he's been super rusty coming off the injury. So it's like in a tie game, in a tough environment on the road where you need a nice little ending to the half, you bring in your, what, fourth string point guard right now, maybe behind <laughs> Remy and Yesifu and Dewan. And I mean, he it. brings in Bobby, like, if we just get a shot up there, Mark Carr doesn't hit that three, and like maybe that's the difference of the game right there. We lose by three, so I it's mean, just like super frustrating that he's even in at that point. I didn't know what the foul situation was because, I mean, they called up, they might have called fifty fouls in the first half. Like the game, <laughs> I'm surprised the game's not still going on. I, uh, I mean, I want to circle back, V turn because you obviously you compared the first half was a disaster but like so the final 35 seconds of the first half we lose by five points on fully self-inflicted turnovers um literally giving the ball to texas like they did not do a single thing to force those turnovers and then the final what we're up four with less than a minute to play right and they make a three Oach turns it over. I don't know what did Oach try and throw a lob that hit the rim or something yeah, like how the rim. Dave was gonna catch it and it was gonna be an easy dunk, even though it's Dave. It's tough to yeah. say that, but so so yeah, I mean the final so the final 35 of the first half we lose by five points, and the final minute of the second half we lose by so three, they come down, they get another two, they they go up. How many points they they by up three? Scoring? We're up by four, so it's a seven oh run to finish it. Seven all around. So we, we get outscored by 12 in the final minute 35 combined of each half. That that does not happen with Bill Self. Bill Self has made his money being the better coach in the final minute of games. Like, that's just fluky. Or not full. It's kind of fluky. It's just unlucky, and it was just poor execution, which you don't see very often. But it's not like something I'm concerned about with this team moving forward. Yeah, it was uh, it was seventy six, seventy two at the minute thirteen when Oach had that putback, and then they banked the three, and then Timmy Allen hits his ninety eighth mid range jumper of the night. Like that's so annoying too. Like they're wide open looks, and he's hit how many did he hit? I mean, he had to have hit eight or so jump shots, and Dude, that's like the I'm scouting s- report on him. That's what he does. He's a twenty five percent three point shooter, and he had a he had a I don't I don't know if it was a career high. I know it was a season high. He had twenty yeah. something, but I mean. He's he was a massive reason they won. Like he was unreal. I don't. He probably only missed a couple shots the whole night. I mean, between between him, uh, Keon Brooks at Kentucky, uh, Brockington with Iowa State. I'm so sick of watching guys shoot mid range jumpers. Like we've just gotten killed by mid range jumpers. And I'm one of those guys. It's like whatever you want to beat us with mid range jumpers, go ahead. But like. Apparently we can't defend it, um, but yeah, Teddy Allen's good. I was very impressed with him. He was tough to. I mean, he was creating his own shots. Like he wasn't just getting wide open looks. He was going out and doing it. But he was money. You knew that ball was going in every time. Yeah. Um, and, and the crazy thing about like the end of both halves is, I feel I don't know if we've said it on the pod, but I know it's been in the back of our minds just about us in late game situations. Like you think about Oklahoma State and Stillwater. 
so many times pressure has gotten to us and things like that where we've just nearly melted down at the end of games. And we've won so many close ones lately that I just had a feeling we would we would yeah. eventually drop one of the close ones, especially on the road against a ranked team. I mean, when you when you win on a practical buzzer beater against Iowa State, a double overtime Texas Tech, a bucket with the final ten in the final ten seconds against K State, like yeah, coin flip games are due to go against you once in a while. It just it seems weird because Bill just, I mean, he dominates those games, but sucks because. Like I said, right when I started the show, the Big 12 race is all but over if we win the game. And now I'm sitting here like we got to go to Waco, uh, which is fine. I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, if you tell me we lose at Texas Tech, at Texas, and at Baylor, I'd be pretty confident we still win the league. And if that's all, if we only lose one more the rest of the way, we're still going to win the league. Like Schedule's really soft, too. Like I was looking I at Torvik earlier, I think the smallest favor will be other than the Baylor games, like five points, and like half of them are double digits. So, I mean, you'd think we'd still, <laughs> I don't know, uh, maybe I'm just being hopeful. But if you even no, if you I, use the Baylor game 15 and three, that's absolutely going to win you the conference and probably going to get you a one seed. Well, we really, think... we really struggle in Morgantown too. Like, that has to be Bill's worst record on the road, maybe besides Stillwater. I don't know. I but... think he's even worse in Morgantown. Well, yeah, they stink though. I think they do awful. stink, but I'm with B turn that game. I'm always circling that one as a yeah. very stressful win. Like they they ugly the game up. I don't know. They're bad. Uh, TCU at, on the road's yeah. all of a sudden tough, but we, we get them back them, to back. Yeah, twice in two days, in three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which one's first? Probably the road game. Yeah, yeah I kind of like TCU. that though. You do because I kind of yeah. like Bill getting to see a team and then just out coaching the hell out of Jamie Dixon the second time around. That's fair. It felt but. I don't know if if you agree. Um, and I know there's a lot of games left, but it felt like when we won Saturday that we would at least share it because there's going to be teams that lose. But going into tonight, it felt like if we win, we're going to end up winning it outright because Bay, like Baylor's going to end up dropping one more. So we're sitting there with one loss with what four home games left. Which it's probably going to be four and zero because we don't really lose at home. So it's like we could have dropped two more road games and it's over. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because like Baylor's at three losses, they're going to lose one more. You would think. I don't know if it's going to be to us or what, but felt like if you win tonight, you would end up definitely winning it outright. And probably, I just feel like the one line right now is so close too. So it's like I mean yeah. the thing is, <laughs> I spend all my time criticizing Lenardi just because you know I. I think if people are going to put out their rankings and their bracketology, they deserve to get crap when it's really bad. And him having us on the three line the other day was absurd. Uh, yeah, I, I. But what I'm getting at is we shouldn't really care because if we win the big, as long as we don't win the Big Twelve with like five or six losses, that would be. We're probably going to get a one seed. We're probably going to get a one seed. I mean, Ab, do you think we'd get one with four Big Twelve losses? Probably depends on who the loss is too. Um, I mean, it'd probably I mean, be a bad one just looking at the schedule. But it's Baylor and T- at TCU. But then, what if you win the Big Twelve tourney? We're That's locked, the thing. I think. Yeah. Well, it's can just I ask like you it... guys this about the Big Twelve? Do you guys want to win it for tournament seeding purposes, or do you guys still have like a joy out of winning the conference at this point? Because I kind of like. I feel like when the streak ended, at least for me, like winning the conference just. I mean, I don't really care that much anymore. Like, it's it's cool, but there are big conferences that don't even count regular season champions. The ACC doesn't. They do their tournament. So, I don't know if it's just – I mean, obviously, if it helps us get a one seed, obviously, then I'm all in. But other than that, I just – I don't know where you guys stand on that, I guess. I feel like all of us have said that it's kind of lost some juice since the streak ended. Um, I mean, I feel like non-KU fans – kind of downplay us winning the league. Like, they kind of make fun of us for winning the league and not winning natties. They act like their schools win natties, Mizzou and K-State. <laughs> but um, it's a, I say this all the time. It's an 18-game league. Like, that's insanely impressive to especially win it outright. Like, you got to go play every single team on the road. And we've heard – I mean, Bill and a lot of people around the country have talked about how 
loaded the conferences this year. So I think winning outright would be awesome. But obviously, yeah, I mean, for a one seed, it's great too. Like, just gives you an easier path, obviously. I care more uh, because BJ's over here in the chat talking. Uh, I care more um, just because, like, I don't know, AB, if, if we're going to watch all all 18 games. I want to win them and I want to win. It's still fun that's, to put you little fair. to watch the team put their little t-shirt on, put their hat on, do the trophy ceremony. That's still fun. Like I want that. I'm not like we said the Big 12 this when the streak ended, it was like you're gutted because that streak was just it was that's all we knew was winning the Big 12. But now I'm at a point where it's like okay, I still want to be the king of the Big 12. I don't want Scott Drew to win two of the last two straight like i don't know i'm i'm at the point of like it's just if you're gonna watch all the games you're gonna be in a big 12 let's win it while we're at it now i'm not gonna run around my house celebrating when we win it like i did when we went into lubbock with Devonte and sealed the 14 straight or whatever but still just like we're still we're KU. We got to win the big like that's our thing. That's just right. our brand is we got to win the Big Twelve. I mean, it kind of stems. I don't know if you guys want to talk too much about it, but we haven't talked since the Kentucky game. And I know you tweeted it, Ryan, and like every player in post game said the same thing. The game doesn't really mean a whole lot. And I just, to me, it's like if like I think your argument back was we win the conference, we get a one seat. But I think you can lose an extra Big Twelve game if you beat Kentucky. And that might be more impressive on your resume, even if you're second or tied for first in the Big 12. So like, I guess that, that sentiment kind of surprised me a little bit when like the toughest ticket to get all year, people were super juiced for it. I know the decibel meter was the loudest it's been all year. And then we lose the game and it's like, oh, well, who cares? It's just another game. Yeah. I mean, it's not conference. So That almost feels like it answers your question about asking about the Big 12 still. You know? In what way? Like say like our fans still prioritize winning okay, Big yeah. Twelve titles, and I guess I mean the fandom thing I can get because people, I mean everyone loves to spin zone after a loss to make it not seem as bad as it was, but like it, I don't know it almost surprised me how much the players and even the coaches were like saying it like it almost kind of sounded like going into the game that they treated it like it wasn't a big game even if it's I, I will agree Kentucky's our biggest rival like. No one in the I will agree like with that, AB. I was sh- – I mean, I was obviously one of those guys that was like, look, this is a fun game for the fans. It's it's KU Kentucky. Like, I honestly hate losing to Kentucky maybe more than I hate losing to anybody. But uh, I was a little disappointed in postgame when Bill just – yeah, he was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, we didn't play good. They played really good. That. You don't like to see that, but, you know, this game doesn't mean a whole lot. We probably won't even watch film. We we move on. We're just kind of like – I mean, we just got punked for 40 straight minutes by Kentucky, and that was embarrassing, and that sucks. And now we've we've we've, we've allowed Kentucky to go from kind of a – what were they, like 12th, 13th in the country? Now they're like a national title favorite because of the way they punked us for 40 straight minutes. So I will agree. I was one of those people that said if we lose, we lose. But once we lost by 20, I was kind of like, okay, I'm a little pissed we didn't pretend that was freaking biggest game of the year because, yeah, you're right. I'd rather beat Kentucky than win a game we just lost tonight, even though, well, I don't know. I really wanted to win tonight's game. But either way, it, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. We probably shouldn't have downplayed it. But do you want to hear my spin zone for that game? For the Kentucky game? Yeah. Yeah. I have more takes on that just as overall (laughs) after that, but. Well, my number one spin zone, which is the one we were just talking about, we didn't care. We uh, we chalked it up as uh, whatever happens, happens. Number two, Oach had COVID during the game, right? He tested positive Sunday. That means he probably had it during the game. So who knows? Maybe our whole team had COVID. That's my spin zone. Kentucky only whooped us because we were just running rampant with COVID. There it is. It's an acceptable loss now. I can it's, respect it, yeah. It's crazy how much, like – the KU Kentucky games just lost so much hype. Like think about, think about that game in 2017 with Josh and Frank and detail. Like we go into Lexington, we're getting beat all game, come back. Like, I, I don't know how you guys felt, but I was like insanely amped after we won that game in Lexington. Like it's just, maybe it's cause we play them every year now and it's just lost a little bit of juice, but I don't know. Like this year I, and the chiefs were still playing too. So maybe the fan, 
that could have affected the fan base a little bit. Like I know, maybe me and you are not probably as balls deep into KU mm-hmm. like when the Chiefs are playing, but I don't. So maybe it was that because we were playing Cincy the next day, but I don't know. It's just like they beat us in the 2012 Natty, obviously. So it's like, and I have a t- like I've never liked Calipari. I just I don't know. I just haven't, but. I just I don't feel the same way going into those games, and maybe it's because we play them every year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say there wasn't a hype. Like, uh, it was college game day. It was by far yeah. the best student section of the year, which it was kind of weird. The student section for Kentucky was wildly full, like as full, full as they can get. And then Baylor it was, like, weirdly empty, which I, I don't really know why. Maybe hmm. just back-to-back camping weeks. I don't know. It was weird, but – uh yeah the kentucky game was weird it just had a whole weird vibe to it the whole time and then bill's post game was a little odd it just yeah it did not feel like we were locked in for that game at all but i guess it's been a while since we recorded because fan base is melting down and then we turn around and we went at iowa state and just without ochai in pretty dominant fashion like that game was never in doubt and then we absolutely pump Baylor at home. And so we're sitting here talking about adding at Waco as a loss. We were a lot better than Baylor on Saturday. We won't do that again, but we could certainly sweep Baylor. Well, dude, they said that it was a 50-50 game based on the shots that were taken. You don't remember oh, shot man. index? Beater, and have you seen – what's that site called? I think it's yeah. shot index. I could be wrong. but AB gets so fired up when that shot index <laughs> thing shows. It's unbelievable. <laughs> We were up by 35 <laughs> points with four minutes left, and all of a sudden it's a 50-50 coin flip game. What are we talking about? I don't care about quality Ana- shots. Analytics. <laughs> Analy- old man yells at Cloud. Well, AB. you know I'm, I'm probably the biggest analytics guy here, but there's a place for analytics and a place for, like, just watching the game. Like, you don't have to – like, I guess this is my gripe, but Jesse Newell, it's like, yeah, analytics matter, but like to only base your basketball opinions off of that is a little bit crazy to me. Like, there's just more for those that for those that don't know what we're talking about. There's a Twitter account that strictly goes back and watches a game and tracks the quality of shots a team takes, and then it says based on recent or based on your overall season or based on your past shots, these shots should have gone in or these shots shouldn't have gone in. And the Baylor game showed that had their shots gone in that normally went in for Baylor and that normally didn't go in for KU, it was a coin flip 50-50 game, uh, which me and A.B. just thought was kind of funny because that game was so far from a coin flip game. But I don't know. It's an algorithm or something. You know know what else is uh, pretty interesting and crazy about that game on Saturday? Um, we won by 47 and the rest are the entire reason Baylor lost. <laughs> that was, I mean, we were just talking about getting a bad whistle, so I feel it. But the difference between <laughs> complaining about a bad whistle in a one possession game and complaining in a bad whistle when you're down 30 was just, I mean, Scott drew putting together a, That's a collage crazy, of videos bro. for Fran Fischilla to look at from last year. We won that game by double digits too. And you won the national championship. Get over it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The moment he put that like compilation together was the moment they lost that game. Like we've (laughs) talked about it before, but if you go into Allen with that mindset, you're just not going to win the game. Yeah. It's like what we've said about Bob Huggins. Yeah, exactly. It's just in their head and they're just always expecting something to happen. And once it does, it's just a downward, downward spiral from there. And he bitched from opening tip to the end. Like it was right away. (laughs) It was insane. And like, Obviously, Scott Drew wins a natty last year, so you give him credit. Like, that team was amazing. They beat an all-time college basketball team. Like, they dominated them. Yeah. But, like, there's a – I don't know. He never really beats us, but there's a reason, like, I feel like our fans don't like him at all. Like, he's done other – it feels like Bill kind of throws him shade too, and Scott Drew throws shade his way also. But I think he did something back in the day during our pregame warm-ups or – it goes, Didn't yeah. Have the team what, go back out there, right? What's it's the what Tyshawn said when we had him on. He was like, "They, our intro video popped up, and every team ever has stayed out for our starting lineups. Watch our intro video because we just watched theirs." And Scott Drew grabbed the team, took them back to the tunnel, so they didn't watch the video. And our team was like wildly disrespected by that. And that, I mean, that's what I kind of love about Bill Self teams is he can find a little thing to get a team feeling disrespected and just ride with it. Like remember the 2018 final four team played the underdog role and we were the number three overall seed in the tournament. And we were like underdog Hawks. And it was just like, <laughs> eh, you're pretty freaking good, but Hey, whatever gets it to work. So yeah, I mean, Scott Drew's clearly pissed some people off and uh, it just was kind of weird. It's like you won the natty. You're kind of the king of the big 12 as it stands and to still have the mindset of like, Not we get, get no close. calls on the road. Like that, you would just never see Bill Self complaining to Fran Frischilla about officiating. I don't know. It was just really weird, and it was weird that Fran like openly shared that. I don't know if Scott Drew wanted that to be shared, but I can't remember that play. There was a play oh. that he talked about for like eight minutes of game time. He just wouldn't let it go. But also, if he didn't want Fran to talk about it. Like, what was the reasoning of making it? Like, what was Fran going to do with it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. felt like it was yeah. used for the game. And if I had to guess, I would guess Baylor going 21 for 71 from the floor is probably the reason they <laughs> lost. Like, we were That's unbelievable it. defensively. We gave up 21 <laughs> points in the first half. What'd you say they went? 21 of 71. <laughs> James not McKenzie an analytical right, guy, but I do not think that's good. Uh, James Akinjo was 0 for 11, like one of the transfer in from Arizona, one of the best guards in the league. Like, we were unbelievable defensively last week. Like, at Iowa State, we have 15 turnovers in the first half, and they're up, we're up what, six at half? Yeah. And then against Baylor, like 20 top 10 team, everyone's pumped. Like, you win it, feels like you're going to take, I mean, two, two game lead in the conference, and they give up 21 points in the first half. Like, I don't know if Baylor led the whole game, but the game was never close. Like, yeah. And how, so, so it's like, yeah, you lose by five, maybe 10. You can bitch about the rest probably all you want, but they had no effect on the game. And they did suck. Like, we got a lot of questionable ticky tack calls, I felt like. But how do you yeah. blame the rest when you're down? Like, you, we tweeted, you're down 32 with a minute left. Pretty yeah. Sweet. And I mean, I think uh, 32. I uh, and even he said when they asked him about the technical, he was like, "I've been coming here 19 years, and stuff starts to boil over." I don't know about you guys, but my only memories of Allen Fieldhouse versus Baylor are absolute just us slaughtering them. Like we kill them most of the time, so it's like refs are not the reason. Even last year, our worst team in the Bill Self era, their best team ever, 
we beat them by double digits in Allen Fieldhouse without a crowd. Like, I don't know. It was just, I would be like annoyed if Bill Self was blaming officials after a let's call it what it is, it was a 30 point loss. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Scott Drew, he was kind of growing on me. I was starting to respect him, and then he was just a, a big old baby on uh Saturday. But I feel like we really just strayed away from this Texas game tonight. Like or <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a meltdown episode, and now we're talking about happy times, which is cool. But I mean, I do, I do want to kind of, I don't know, talk about moving forward. So we've got OU coming up on Saturday. Is, are we? Is Joe Yesifu? Is he in the Bill Self trust tree? Has he earned it? I think he's in. Has to be. I think his energy has been amazing since the Iowa State game, and it's not like he's scoring. 15, 20 a night, like, and we all know that's, we don't need anything close to that from him. Like we got our guards can score and Dave solid as well. So it's like, we just need energy and someone to take care of the ball when Dewan's out. Cause I mean, Dewan's playing a ton of minutes and I think Joe's been great on both ends too. He's hit, he's knocked down a couple threes. Just, it's crazy. The Iowa state game, he, he didn't score too many points, but he affected the game in so many ways. And, Bill, after the game, like you heard him all week, just talk about Joe and how Joe's just walking around with a different like swagger and stuff. And since then, I mean, he's pulling up transition threes and things like that. If he did that, if he did that at the beginning of the year, he's all, like Bill Self. He might not play another minute the rest of the year. Like when you're not in Bill Self's like trust circle, you know. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was concerned for him uh, tonight when he had what he he. Did he give up a bucket or he missed a three or something? And then he gave up a bucket. Then he came down and threw it away to them. And Andrew Jones got a fast break dunk. And I was like, oh, God. Like, that stretch right there is enough to – if you're not fully in the Bill Self trust tree, that stretch right there is a way to quickly get you right back down. But he came back, had a good second half. Oh, just think – I really thought when Joe got that steal in the second half for the dunk, I thought that was like our spurt and we were going to start kind of just controlling the game, which I guess we – kind of did um but man he he has been a huge spark and it'll be interesting i mean i haven't even talked about remy have not even talked oh, this is the longest we've ever gone in a show without talking about the remy martin saga but <laughs> it's like where does this guy where does he get plugged in when if he does get back to 100 percent? it's crazy i know because like we say basically every episode if you can lock dudes up on defense you're gonna play and i I still feel like we know Dewan's good defensively, but I still feel like we kind of downplay him defensively. Like, I don't know if he was yeah. on a, a Kenjo on Saturday, but I thought tonight he was awesome against Marcus Carr. Like, that's the dude I was worried about going into it because, I mean, we know Marcus Carr from Minnesota. Like, he could fill it up. Dude, Dewan in that Iowa State game, that was like a perfect game of basketball. He did not make mistakes. He locked up whoever he was on, the deflections he had, those ste- those like come from behind steals where he like flips his hand in there and just takes it from you. It's I mean, it's he gives like he gives off like Marcus Garrett type energy where it's like he steals the ball in ways you just really don't see it. So and I know he's doing things that like the casual fan doesn't even notice, and that's what we always say. Like that's why Bill Self loves him. Like he his help defense is probably really good, and we don't even really pay attention to that. So, like, yeah, Dewan is not – I think I threw a tweet out over a month ago that said, will Remy Martin start another game for this team? And Dewan has since gotten better. Remy has gotten less healthy. I mean, unless we have another guy get injured, Remy is not starting another game. Like, can we all just 100% agree that, right? There's no chance. None. So my next question still is like- if 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 Joe Yesifu stays doing his thing, which it's crazy we're having this conversation, but like if Joe keeps improving and Remy takes another two three weeks, where's Remy getting minutes? I know, and that I, it feels like that has to be in the back of Remy's mind too. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, and we always talk about Bill Self's rotations. Like he keeps them so small, so it's like. When Joe's like, because right now it feels like you kind of have to play Joe just from the, an energy standpoint and maybe giving Dewan a little break or Oach and I guess Dewan and Joe could be on the court at the same time. But it's like, I don't know. It's still 
almost feels like a bad look for Bill if Remy literally is just done the rest of the year. Like, could hurt us in the future, maybe. Because he was supposed yeah. to be this all-American type guy here. But I don't know. I mean, how cool would it be if Remy got back to 100% and kind of took us on a little run in March? Like, he still wouldn't that's be a terrible cool. bench spark also. Like, yeah, remember I mean, at, remember that, that's where I'm at. House? Yeah, I mean, the energy he brought – in some of those off uh, non-conference games, like that's where I'm at. Remy Martin is not going to be a double-digit scorer for this team. He's just not. That that dream is done. That expectation is done. But it never hurts to have an absolute electric player on your bench that can come in and spark an offense. But the issue is, can you earn Bill Self's trust? And it's already February. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I use the example of Malik Newman. Malik Newman, by this point in the season, we thought he stunk. The fan base thought he was a waste of a scholarship. But the difference was he was starting every game. I think he was doing things Bill Self wanted more than Remy has done, playing better defense, trying harder on in the things that Bill wants to see. And he was just slowly, slowly working his way up, whereas like Remy has now – I mean, he's as low as you can get. He's hurt. He's buried on the bench when he's not hurt. And it's just like, I, I do not, my expectation is get Remy and he he's electric in March and he's the story of the tournament. But I've, I've given up on that dream, I think, which just sucks because I think you're right. B turn. I think it'll hurt us for future transfers. Yeah, I know. And that Texas tech game too, at home, like Remy, he wasn't, incredible on offense but just the energy he brought and how active he was defensively and just getting the field house into the game and things like that like even if he just gives us that like we're not asking for 15 15 plus a night no like we just need energy and maybe someone to take care of the ball because it's like tonight they had four turnovers total in the final minute of each half like think about that they had 15 all night and they turned it over gave away four possessions late like yeah it uh, sucks, but uh, yeah, AB, I think you've kind of, you, you've come to the realization a lot earlier than people. I think you were kind of jumping off the Remy train a while ago. So, I mean, what's your vision for Remy? I mean, you guys kind of said it all already, but if you just like go through the rotation now, not to beat it a dead horse, but who's like losing minutes for him to gain minutes? Dewan's not going to sit because of the defense. Ochai's not going to sit because he's awesome. Brown's not going to sit because he's awesome. So if you, I mean, it probably Jaylen. just is, but yeah, Jalen's not going to sit because he can rebound and can score. Dave, yeah. I mean, obviously different position. So it's just like who of the starters at least is going to lose minutes. And then if Joe's going to give you energy, I mean, is it really just Remy's going to replace Pettiford and play a couple minutes when we need rest? <laughs> like that sounds so, I, imagine if we said this four months ago. I know. I think, I think Remy will get Joe's minutes if we're being honest, but like, that was my, if if Joe stays at this current level, but if Joe, I mean, Joe could keep getting better. That dude's got potential. He's super athletic. He provides a ton of energy and he, I mean, we've said it, we're beating a dead horse, but like if Joe starts playing really good defense that he's going to value that over Remy, but right. And it's like, we, you guys said it too, with Bill and his rotations, he likes to trust his guys. If Remy's not healthy for two or three more weeks, it's almost March by that point. Like, are we really yeah. going to be messing around with experiments at that point, going into, like, tournament play? Yeah. I just, I just don't I, have any expectation that he's going to really do anything. And if he does, it's a cherry on top that's awesome. It raises our ceiling overall. But I just – I don't want to, like, expect it, I guess, because I feel like I'll just be disappointed. And last thing on Remy, and then we'll uh, – I don't know, move on. But I did think Nick Schwartz said something interesting. Uh, it's like we, we've been obsessed with wanting Remy – for this offense, for this team, but this team is really good offensively with or without Remy. We're a top five offense in the country, right? Um, we're, we're incredibly efficient. We get easy shots. We make a lot of those shots. The thing that stunk has been our defense. And we've been so hung up all year on like, ah, Remy's got to play more. But it's like, if you're really trying to fill your weakness and figure things out, and this is why Bill Self is a bazillion times smarter than us. The weakness has been the defense. So, like, Remy was not helping that problem. So, it feels stupid that I'm 
coming to that realization, but it, it, it does make a lot of sense. Now the argument could be made of who cares if you're already a good offense, become the best offense. But I don't know that that's My, another way I've thought about it. The only thing I'd say back to that is I know like statistically we're awesome on offense, top five, everything like that. But it'd be nice if we had another guy to when we start, we feel like it happens every half of basketball we play where we go five minutes without a bucket. It makes no sense to me because the offense is so good and there's so much talent everywhere, but it happens every single game. So if we just have another guy that we can throw in and try and just bust us out of the slump, I guess I can see that argument with the offense. But you're right. like The defense is what we need to improve if we want any chance of a Final Four national title. But I mean, yeah. it's bizarre how good our offense was tonight. Like That's why it's so frustrating that we lost. Like, oh, I, was te- I, was te- I was texting you guys. We started the half six of six from the floor like we were worried at half obviously down five start six of six and then come out and then like a couple minutes later we were 10 of 13 so first half i think we were yeah 52 percent in the first half and then 64 in the second we were 16 of 25 64 in the second so it's like so frustrating that those late turnovers in both halves are just it, i know the big three sucks game's over if they miss that but the turnovers late in those halves just killed us and I don't. I was gonna oh. ask you guys, like, what was going through your head when I think Bill started Osh under the basket, got a screen, came off Dave's screen, and he couldn't get open, and Dewan, Dewan couldn't get him the ball. Obviously, like, what went through your head after that? Like, I immediately wow. was, I immediately knew Dewan's ass was gonna go to the rim and try to finish, and oh, my so frustrating. I mean, in that, and not to keep talking, that kind of, I think, goes to AB's point a little bit of, like, the Remy situation. That's the worst-case scenario. If Dewan Harris can't make a pass, and now your final possession is a possession where the ball never leaves your worst offensive player's hands. Like, that's the one bad thing about having your point guard be your worst offensive player is, like, when the play implodes and it doesn't work, you can't get the ball to Ochai – you don't have Devontae Graham to go get a shot up. You don't have Frank Mason to just beat his guy off the dribble and go score. You don't have Devon Dotson. Like, Dewan can't really do that. Now, granted, he, he's made some big plays. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, B-Turn, what went through my head was get the ball up on the rim and let's pray Jalen or, or Dave tips it in or gets a board or forces a foul. Like, you, you knew the second that ball didn't get to Oach that – we weren't getting a good look. It just sucks. Like that, that's the one downside to having Dewan yeah. as your main ball handler in the biggest moment of the game. But yeah, because I mean, kind of had flashbacks to Iowa State when at home when he made the game winner when he started driving. But going into it, I just, I think we called a timeout. It's like, just get Oach or CB a look. And it sucks that Oach, Oach had the stick back late. But Oach, I mean, if Oach was Oach from this year, we'd blow him out. And, Kind of scares me how good they were defensively on him. Like, feels like teams could. I mean, he's been great all year. He's got a lot of attention from defenses, but that kind of scares me going forward because it's like Kentucky was the same way. Like, they're they didn't let him get any space at all, and Texas did the same exact thing, and he was pretty quiet in both games. But it's you can't really complain about Oach, but it just you know kind of scares. What do you end up with tonight? Ten, twelve? He was at nine late in the game. I don't know what he finished with. Yeah. And I don't know if that was before or after his putback. It's four of well, seven, 11 points, six boards. But God, you need the a national player of the year candidate getting up way more than seven points. And yeah. And I, I and just, I, I credit their defense more for that than anything. Ramey was all over his ass all night long. But like yeah, you I mean, said, that's, that's a cause for concern. Like going forward, if that's two games in the last week and a half that are on tape now, where if you have an elite defender just stick him on ochai run a box and one or straight man and just yeah. don't let him get a foot of space because he'll take advantage of it yeah i mean who's gonna go get the bucket that's the biggest thing about this team is if oats can't go get the bucket who's the guy that wants it and cb's hit big shots uh the wands hit that one big shot but i don't know honestly i kind of wanted us to run a play for dave tonight i thought dave was cooking i thought was dave good. was smooth under control I think he could have at least forced a foul, um, but I get it. You go to Oach, but I also – I kind of thought we were going to run something for Dave late in that to go up. But Yeah, especially with how much Bill likes feeding the post. He made some crazy hook shots tonight too. Like, felt like he was getting <laughs> fouled on all of them. 
and they were somehow <laughs> dropping. Like, I thought Dave was a little better than he's been lately. Like, we've oh, he was great. On, I feel like our whole fan base has been harder on Dave than we should this year, just because we expected a big year after he finished last year. But I feel like he's been pretty solid lately. He's just we know he's a clumsy guy. Yeah. <laughs> It is hilarious when he like randomly makes a shot where he's just flat, like the ball just comes flying out from his hip or something. Like he's just the dude will get a shot up if he if he's planning on getting a shot up, the ball's going up. It doesn't matter how hard he's double teamed, how hard he's getting fouled, the, the ball's going up. And I love it. I love it. Do you guys something. remember uh, like late in the second half when CB was throwing it in? He threw it to Dave at the top of the key. Dave turns around like he's about to shoot a three, and I was about to lose it. I was about to. I was gonna call you guys if he shot that three. You know what I'm talking about. He wanted it so. Oh yeah, he He wanted wanted it so bad. There wasn't a human within ten feet of him, and he just like stared at that rim like, "I'll get benched if I shoot this, but it might be worth it." Like he 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 knew it was gonna happen if he shot it, and he didn't. But who knows? He might he might have made it. He thought. I know. He thought about Bill right away. Like he was gonna (laughs) shoot it, then he's like, "Oh shit, Bill." But um. I was gonna I was gonna ask you guys like when we lost, like what what would you set the percentages at for sharing the Big Twelve and percentages for outright? I still think sharing it's like eighty to ninety percent. Is that crazy, A B? No, I was gonna say at least eighty or ninety as well. Because like I, I mentioned said, a few the times, schedule the schedule is, it's charming other than the Baylor game. Like we get OU, Oklahoma State, K State at home. TCU twice, Texas again, I think. So like, yeah. Well, yeah. so so it's, Tech, Tech and Baylor are a game back each, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah. I think Is they both a game, have three. game and a half, depending on how they do. Yeah, it's weird because we played like less going in tonight. We played less games than everyone because that TCU yeah. game. So I don't know. The standings are weird. So, but. I mean, they you would think those two are the only teams that have a chance to at least share it or win it outright, and they they play each other in Lubbock. In a, like next week, so it's like obviously one of those teams is going to have another loss, and then Tech is Tech's probably got a more favorable schedule than Baylor, but Baylor still got Texas twice. Yeah, and Tech still got to go so. to Austin. Yeah, they got to go to yeah. Stillwater, which is always tough. They got to go to Manhattan, which I mean, who knows? How I really think treat that game, but dun, dun, I think four gets you a tie. I really do for yeah. sure. And if, I don't. I don't really see how we could be worse than fourteen and four, unless it's yeah. like a situation where we bench dudes the last game of the year because it doesn't really affect anything. But it would kind of self not known to do. <laughs> it would kind of explain cool, forty minutes. Maybe to clinch it, clinch a share before Texas, and then get revenge on them last game of the year at Allen to win it outright, and then yeah, have the trophy ceremony at Allen. I do not want Texas coming in for a street fight. Like we saw tonight, for it to like determine the Big Twelve, that would be too stressful for me. But it'd be fun. All right, it's late. I want to wrap it up with one quote that Bill said that uh, post game. Simple as this: We gave that one away. We may not have deserved to win, but if we didn't, they didn't either. <laughs> I like fair. that quote. Yeah. I mean, 60% from the field. I think we did deserve to win, Bill. I think that's kind of what he's saying. Uh, How often is he actually going to say that, though? You know, he's like never really ready to admit that things were awesome. Like he's always got to critique something. That's what makes him great. But (laughs) yeah. 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 That just made me kind of sad. But I mean, mean, we have like a month to talk about this. I do have a big picture question. You guys want to talk about that now or wait for another episode? Depends. Are we going to go into a 30 minute rant about it? Because like it's almost midnight. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say like, I don't know the Kentucky game. I know we've mentioned it, but it kind of the reason why it sucks so much for me is it almost felt like a gut punch and like a wake up call. I don't Mm. know where our ceiling is right now. Like, to me, it feels like a Final Four might be the absolute ceiling. And I know we have to wait for matchups, and the tournament's so random and weird. Who knows what can happen? We just don't have the athletes to compete with some of those teams. Like, imagine us against Gonzaga or Purdue with their monsters. Like, we might get smoked by some of those teams. And I know we'll be a one seed, whatever. But I just – I don't really have any part of me that thinks we can go on a run and win a title. 
Here's what I've been thinking about a lot about this. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up. I don't want to go on a long rant about this, but <laughs> I've said this team can win a natty, but we've got us. The bracket has to break for us, and this sounds really stupid. The bracket has to break for us to avoid Gonzaga, Auburn, Kentucky, oh my Lord. and I know this sounds really stupid. Duke, I really don't think we could. Duke is way too athletic for us. Like Mark Williams, we would not get shots at the rim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their length would bother Oates. Their length would bother CB. Like I think Duke is wildly overrated, and I think they kind of stink. Um, But if they're playing us in an Elite Eight game, they're going to be juiced up. They're going to have Paulo Buncaro, whatever his name. Like that dude's going to bring his A game, and they're going to be a problem for us. So, like, those four teams – I'm not as high on Purdue as everyone else is, A.B. Like, I know they have monsters. They're humongous, but, like, other than Jade and Ivy, are they really that crazy athletic? Like, I don't know. I think we – and we've seen what Bill does to Matt Painter in the tournament. Right. So It's it's more of a thing that, like, if Dave gets in foul trouble, we're just – I mean, we're torched down low. So, it's – they've got two big guys that can just give him hell. And if he picks up two fouls, which seems likely to me in the first 10 minutes, then you just, I mean, you're trusting Mitch Lightfoot and KJ Adams to go in there and like steal us a win, like speed it against Wendell Carter. I just, I don't know. But also like think about how big of a liability Dave was against tech, you know, like KJ Adams played late a freshman over a senior and you find a way to win. And lately our, our guards have been incredible rebounding. Like I think Saturday CB had 10, Oach had nine, Jalen had seven or eight. So it's like our rebounds are really – or our guards are really active on the boards. But I don't know how you guys feel, but – and I love DeWan. Like, I really do. He's going to be awesome. But point guard play is so massive in March. Like, everyone talks about it. And we just don't – he's – like, he's great defensively. And he'll get guys open looks. But it's like you have to have – it feels like you have to have at least great point guard play or guard play to go deep in March and just doesn't feel like a guy that could really carry us or go make open shots. Like it's like team sag off five feet from him. He doesn't really finish around the rim, things like that. So it's just like, that's why like right before the year, we talk about picturing guys holding natties. It's like Remy <laughs> felt, we felt like Remy was that guy yeah. and maybe we could get a shade of Remy from Arizona state, but yeah, point guard play really worries me about this team. Cause I don't know. It feels like we're going to have to get super hot in March, like shooting the ball. Like this team. CB's going to have to make a lot of threes. Jalen's going to have to make threes. Uh, But I will say, uh, be turned to circle back to my theory of what I always say every year. Can you picture the guy on the stage holding up the Natty Champ sign? Like we couldn't picture it the last few years. If you can't picture it with Ochai, you're crazy. Because my brain, I, I see it. I can see it. So I've talked myself into it, but I do. I want to one more time clarify my reasoning. I understand how absolutely stupid it is to say that, oh, we can win a natty if we avoid Auburn, Gonzaga, Duke, Kentucky. But I think that's, it is possible, right? Like it's not that, it's it's probably hard to avoid Auburn and Gonzaga if you're going to win a natty because they're going to be, number one and number two overall seed. You got to think one of them makes it that far, but I don't know. Yeah. That's why getting a one is so important. It's like you wouldn't even see those teams until Elite Eight probably. Yeah. Like most of them probably Final Four or Natty. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like we haven't we haven't even played in the second weekend since we started this pod. So maybe we could just win two tournament games and be happy. That makes me. I want to light I my hate laptop on fire. <laughs> I want to light my laptop on fire. Oh my god, that's, that's so weird. disgusting. We started in 2019. Mm-hmm. Number one overall to start that year. Number one overall team in the country. Doke's ligament snaps. <laughs> the day after COVID. we started the podcast, yeah, literally. COVID. Oh my God. That's enough for me to wrap this episode up. Um, I'm disgusted. All right. Let's, uh, I mean, wild week of basketball. I'll tell you that to win at Iowa state without Oach beat Baylor the way we did and then lose the way we did tonight. I mean, it's just big 12 play summed up. It sucks, but it's, it's thrilling. It's fun. It's sad, but 
I think we're all pretty confident that this team's gonna be in it. I mean, they're they're not a team that's I don't think they're getting 30 balls in the second round like we saw last year. So that's the one positive I'm gonna leave it at. I think this team is tough. I think this team is good, and I think they're gonna give us a lot of fun memories late in the year. Do you guys have anything else before we wrap up? No, I was just gonna say we we knew we were going into this brutal stretch with like five straight ranked teams, and I think we ended up going three and two. We beat tech. At Iowa State, where we always struggle names, and then we beat Baylor at home. It was a top ten team, defending Natty Natty champs. So, sucks yeah. we didn't go three, th- uh, four and one, or or three yeah. and one, whatever it was. Um, we should have won tonight. It's so frustrating how they ended the half. So yeah, they could have went four and one in that stretch of five ranked teams, but yeah. All right. Well, uh, as we said. Exciting stuff coming for the pod. We've we've joined Kansas City Sports Network, like we said at the beginning. Um, So you now have to see our ugly faces a little more often. But, you know, this will be good. We're excited to be a part of it. A lot of good stuff coming from this channel, and it will definitely make our our stuff better moving forward. So we're pumped about that. We'll be back. I don't know when we'll be back, but probably at least by after the OU game at some point. So, as always, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. That's it. Rock Chuck.